0: Today's scripture reading will come from John chapter 3. Um, I know it says verse 14 is where it's starting. I'm actually going to back up to verse 13, which is what I meant to tell them. Um, so if you please read or stand for reading God's word. John chapter 3, verses 13 through 21. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already May God bless the reading of his word. Amen.
1: Today we're going to be in 1 John 4, and the verse we'll be going over is 7 through 21. If you'll turn with me there in your Bibles. Oh yeah, I don't want to turn this on. Okay. That's a lot better now. <laughs> okay, we'll be in 1 John 4 with verses 7 through, 7 through 21 today. If you'll turn with me there. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and has sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because God has given us his spirit And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love of God, the love that God has for us, God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love. By this is love love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is also we are we in this world there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with the punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love we love because he first loved us if anyone says I love God and hates his brother he is a liar for wh- he who does not love his brother whom he is Has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this is the commandment we have from him whoever loves God must also love his brother. God, just help us to get out of this message, what you have for us today, and just take me out of the picture, Lord, and just give all the glory to you, Lord. Just keep, help me to have the words that you need me to say and for everyone to be able to hear what you have, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: amen.
1: Okay. First of all, the type of love John is using here is agape in the Greek, which is means an unconditional, sacrificial love. This isn't like, oh, I love love you like a friend, or you're a good friend, or it's I would lay down my life to help you, or I will do anything I can to help you. And every time John says love in this passage, it's that agape, that unconditional, sacrificial love. And looking at this passage, it breaks into two parts. The first part, verses 1 through 11, is God talks about how God is love and how he first loved us. And then the second part is, talks about what we are to do with that love and what we are to have about it. Going, starting in verse 7, and 8, which say, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest. Yeah, I went a verse too far, but that's okay. We'll get there in a second. Um, Here, John tells us that in verse 7, that love is from God. And later in the verse, he tells us that whoever loves God has been born of God. So, and then in verse 8, he continues by pointing out that anyone who does not know God does not, who does not love does not know God because God is love. And remember, this isn't just that, oh, like a friend, I love you. It's that agape, unconditional love. Um, we can see, we can see that God is loved by how He loved us. If you look in Second Thessalonians two sixteen, it says, "Now may now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father who has loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace." This here, Paul points out how God's love for us is a sign of His love. And this is ultimately um, played out, shown in his, how Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And it's grace. It's just amazing when you start thinking about it. And if you go on to verse 9, it said in 1 John 4, it says, And this is love. The love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. God God ultimately showed his love for us by how he sent his son into the world to die on um, the cross for our sins and to rise again on the third day so that we can spend eternity with him in heaven. Um, and you see this in John 3, 16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Um, and again, it's just amazing when you start thinking about it, how God is love, and when we know him we kn- and love others, we love God and know God. But it gets even better than that. Not only is God's love, but he loved us before we ever even thought of loving him. Before we even knew him, he loved us. And if you go on to verse 10, it says, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let me start by explaining what propitiation is. It's a sacrifice that bears God's wrath and turns it to favor. So it's not just God's overlooking it. It's it's He can't even see it when we believe in Jesus because Jesus died on the cross and tur- took God's wrath for us and turned it to favor. It's just... It's amazing, and Amen. it's overwhelming when you start thinking about it. And it's just, yeah, It's there's no words to describe it, really. It's just grace. It's everything you think about. And then here John points out that we were still sinners when Jesus was doing that. We And there was nothing we could do to not be sinners when he did this. We... We didn't even know God because before this. Um, in First John, if you skip down to verse 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. I don't think John could have said it any plainer than he just did. Right there. He just came out and said, we love God because he loved us first. We w-, and it's just hard to wrap your brain around how much love God is shown for us because again John is using that agape that unconditional sacrificial love that and which he ultimately showed us when he sent Jesus down the cross okay so now that we see the unconditional love God has for us what are we supposed to do do to supposed to do well, we need to abide in God, we need to take confidence in His love, and we need to show others that we are the sons and daughters of God. Let's, let's start by looking at what it is to abide in God. So what does it mean to abide in, with someone? To abide with someone means to live in a daily close relationship with, them, with someone, So keep that in mind as we go and look at these next verses. Um, Verse 12 goes, No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. So here John is telling us that we abide in God when we love one another. Um, And again, this isn't that, hey, I love you like a friend, I love you like a brother, or I love you just I love you in the sense that we would think of it. It's that agape, unconditional, sacrificial love that we that we would be willing to lay down our life if it came to it, to help them and to serve them if needed. Um, and the, it's just an example this looks like helping a friend in need or listening to someone who's struggling with something or. Just talking to someone who's not used to having any attention. Or, and then just taking. And then we'll come back to verse 13 in here just a second. Looking at verse 14, we see, And God, we see, have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God and abides in him and he in God. Here Jesus is saying, John is saying that we abide in God and God abides in us when we confess Jesus is the Son of God. And we can do this by going and telling others about Jesus and how he died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. And through our testimony. But this is also by we also do this by living daily for Christ. And having our life point towards God. Colossians 3:17 says, "And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him." We need to we need to strive daily to have our life point towards God and to have it center, our life centered on God so others will see God through us. And that's part of that abiding we can confess in Jesus is Lord. We can do that not just by going and telling others, but by living for Him and showing, having Him see that through our lives. Um, we abide in. And then verse 16. So we have come to know and to believe that the love of God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Here God's saying that we need, John is saying that we abide in God when we abide in God's love. And again, this isn't that, oh, I love you like a brother, it's that agape, unconditional, sacrificial love. And this means, it means abiding with God here, it means to abide, become more like God, and to love others like he loved us, and to met. Be in his love and to love him like that and just remember that abiding is walking daily in a close relationship with them that it's not just oh I'm gonna I'll see him at once a week on Sunday do it once a week on Sunday or even on Wednesday I'll do it it's every day doing it all the time it's every part of your life it translates over and then, but, and then going back to verse 13, it said, By this we know we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us the Spirit. Every time in these verses when it said that God abides in us, it's talking about the Holy Spirit and how when we accept him, Jesus our Lord and Savior, and believe in God, that the Holy Spirit comes down on us and lives and goes with us daily, helping us to know what to do and to give us guidance and to understand God's Word. And then, but not only does John tell us in these verses that we are to abide in God, but the most important person to ever walk the earth, Jesus, also tells us to abide in Him. And He's God, so same thing. In John 8, verses... 31, it says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Here Jesus is telling us that we are to abide in his word. And for us that means reading his word daily and studying it and memorizing it and laying it on our hearts so we can always be ready to give a defense when anyone asks for the hope that is in our heart. But but it's not just reading the Bible; it's also praying and listening to what God has for us to do, and studying and read. again reading. It's a big part, and the Holy Spirit will help us to understand what we're reading. But it's all like I said; it's also praying. And then in John fifteen nine and ten, it said, "As the Father has loved me, loved me, so I have loved you." and abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Um, here Jesus is telling to us to abide in his love. And that's the same as before. This is that agape love. It's that unconditional, sacrificial love which God has shown towards us. And he's asking us, to show it to others and to live daily in in it and show it to everyone no matter how much they get on your nerves or anything. And then he tells us that we are to take then the next if we keep going in the first John 4 e we see that we are to take confidence in his love. Starting in verse 17 we see by this his love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with the punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Okay, let's look a little bit closer at verse 17. When it says confidence for the day of judgment, this is talking about the how that... Either eternal life or eternal punishment awaits everyone in the world. But God's love provides a sure hope for those who have truly put their trust in Him. So, those of us who are saved right now, we know we're going to heaven and getting to spend eternity with God. But on the flip side, the same confidence, the taking confidence is love, and being how it gives hope and joy for. It should scare you if you aren't, because you be spending eternity away from God with being punished for not your unbelief. And then, looking later on in the verse, how it says, as he is in this world. This talks about how Jesus came to the world to do God's will, and since God's the perfect example and we ought to strive to be like Jesus, we also ought to strive to do God's will like he did coming to the world and dying on the cross and going through all the agony he had to go through, taking on his flesh and dying for us so we could spend eternity with him. Um, so, and then in verse 7, 18, just goes on and reaffirms what John just wrote in 17. And when they do that, it always makes me look back like, okay, what'd they say? Again? <laughs> because it's that they said it twice, there's got to be something, there's something to it. It's not just saying it once and like, okay, you need to know this. It's, hey, you really need to know this. And it, and it's how God's perfect, unconditional love should give those who believe in Him confidence for the day of judgment and how we don't have to be afraid when we die or because we know where we're going but on the flip side it should scare you if you don't haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and then and then how we shouldn't fear a move coming up or looking for a new job or anything or getting up in front of a group of people to tell others about Jesus. Right. Because God's love should give us confidence for that. We don't have to fear because he's already got it worked out. He knows where we're going to be doing tomorrow. He knows what we're going to be doing five years, ten years, twenty years, a hundred years from now. He knows what we'll be doing. So we don't have to fear what's coming up because of God's love for us. And we... Again, Paul also shows us this in Romans 5 and 9. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. Again, it's, Paul's pointing out here how God saved us with his love from his wrath so we don't have to worry about it coming. Coming on us. And finally, let's look at how we are to show that we're sons and daughters of God. First of all, if you're not saved, Jesus said that you're sons of the devil. Um, in John 8 39, in John 8, um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and it's easier just to read it and let y'all hear it instead of trying to just summarize it. But starting in verse 39, it said, They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, If you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of what Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did, they said to him. We were not born from sexual mentality. We have one Father, even God. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not on my own accord, but He sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your Father, the devil, and you will do and your will is to do your father's desires. As he was mur- he was murdered from the beginning and does not stand the truth because there is no truth in him. John, here John is just, here again, John shows how Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and they're like, we're of our father Moses. And he's like, no, you're not. Your works don't show that you are from your of your father. And they're like, but we do good. And he's like, you're still not you still don't get it. You, if you were doing the works of Moses, you would love me. If you were doing the works of God, you would love me because I am from God. And for those of us who are Christians and have accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior we are, we should be doing his works and then go if you look back at first john um jumping back to 11 it said beloved if god so loved us we also ought to to love one another here john points out how god loves us with that agape that unconditional love and how we and that we need to go and show that love to others not just yeah i got it he, god loved me like that i'm that's enough i don't have to but no but we need to go and to show others that love and then jumping back down to verse 20 it says if anyone says i love god and hates his brother He is a liar, for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Anytime that we say we love God but hold hate in our hearts we're just lying because we can't God, I can't remember exactly where it is and I should have looked it up beforehand but um, God Jesus said that you aren't supposed to hate you can't hate and love God because, and again, John's saying it right here, but so when you're mad at your brother or your sister and for whatever they just did to you and you say you love God, you're lying. Or when you're a best friend or coworker and you just can't forgive them for whatever they just did and you say you love God, you're lying because your heart holding that hate and that sin in your life. Um, And then you go on to verse 21. It says, And this is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Uh, Here John is saying, God gave us the commandment that we are to love God our brothers, just like we are to love God. And this is again that unconditional, that agape, that sacrificial love that we are to show. But okay, so now that we've seen, looked at this, and it says that we are to love God and to love others, but what does that type of love look like? Well, you we can look at First Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 in Paul. And Paul shows us. Um, starting in verse 4 Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things and believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. Paul right here is telling us exactly what this type of love looks like and how we are to show it. And I mean it's a, it's a, he says we're to be that this type of love is patient, so we need to be patient. It's kind. It does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant, rude. It's not insisting on its own way, like my way or no way. It's going with the way that it needs to be done. It's not irritable or or resentful. It's not say, oh, I wish I could have done that or I'm so frustrated with you right now, can't even stand you. It's, it does not rejoice in someone else's wrongdoing. For no matter what they did, it's for something they did wrong, we don't need to rejoice in it. But it rejoices when someone's telling the truth and it, it bears things up and helps you others get through stuff it believes it believes things and believes the best about people and hopes all things and endures all things and again paul's pointing out what how we are what this love looks like and in our lives this looks like this means that we need to apply all the things that paul just said said in these verses to our lives and even the most annoying person you can think of right now and the person who gets on your nerves the most, whether it being an over controlling boss or an annoying coworker or a classmate that you can't stand you're still God commands you to show this type of love to them um, now if you take If you take nothing else away from today, remember these three things. That God is love and He loves you. We can take confidence in His love and don't need to fear because for those who believe in Him, we get to spend eternity with Him. And that we need to abide in God's love and show His love to others. As we... As we close and go to the invitation, if you've accepted Christ if you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do so today. And the altar's open and brother Justin will be up here the, doing the invitation to talk talk if you to you if you need to. And just you'll close with me in prayer. God, just thank you for this day that you've given us and given us to come and worship you and glorify your name and to praise you, and Lord, just help lay on the, everyone's heart what you need them to know today, Lord, and just help it to have stuck what needs to stick, and help me to just you know, get out of your way and to serve you, and just help us all to do your will in
0: the days to come and the weeks to come, months and years, Lord, and just in Jesus' name.